This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get started. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. It's that time of the afternoon here in the Oakley Show. We do this every day at this time. Rocco Rossi is the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Good afternoon, Rocco. A great day for talk radio here with the two gourettes of PR. <laughs> well, Alyssa Freeman is a PR and pop culture media expert. You are correct, sir. How's Alyssa? I'm doing fine. And you know what, Rocco? You can intro me anytime. <laughs> oh, look at that. And Carlene Nation, media strategist at One Nation PR in Toronto. Carlene, good to see you. Happy to be here, John. Always happy to sit Well, Rocco and Alyssa and yourself. Happy to have you here. And I'm kind of curious because there was a story... And you know what? I'll start with you because uh, oh well, you're here. Oh my gosh, you're starting with <laughs> me. Well, this is the story that uh, came out yesterday. The Ontario Human Rights Commission, uh, having delved extensively into some data from the SIU and uh, even the Toronto Police Service, and they've determined that uh, black residents, while comprising 8.8% of Toronto's total population, actually accounted for 25% of SIU investigations during the time period studied. And there seemed to be an inordinate uh, percentage of encounters with the police, as well as uh, use of force by the police, which far exceeds the numbers per capita. So uh, what I'm curious about is, are the blacks in Toronto over-policed because they commit more crime per capita, uh, or because there's systemic racism within the police force, or could there be other reasons that bring the police to interact with blacks in Toronto that lead to the kind of statistics that uh, don't paint a very flattering picture of the police vis-a-vis the black community. How do you see it? Well, um, this is a radioactive uh, subject matter and one that's fraught with all kinds of um, combustible arguments on both sides. Essentially, it is a fact that for many years, young black men have complained about being stopped uh, unfairly without any justification. That's a fact. The numbers reflect that. Uh, there have there have been a number of young uh, black people that have been shot by the police over the years. So those statistics are there. And yes, the police had to admit that the way they were policing the community needed to be changed. That carding needed uh, to be. They, they had to do something and stop. They were forced to stop carding people. The other side of the argument is you have some people now saying within the policing community, some arguing that, well, you can't just look at those stats in and of itself on its own. They're calling for race-based statistics. That's also radioactive. You'll recall in in the year 2000, uh, Julian Fantino released some statistics about crime in the Jane and Finch community. Mm -hmm. And the community felt that they were under attack and that they were stigmatized. You cannot look at numbers, whether it's a Human Rights Commission looking at numbers and coming up with their own uh, conclusions, or even people calling for race-based stats looking at numbers and calling for their conclusions without understanding a whole bunch of other things. The dropout rates of young black kids in, in schools, uh, poverty issues, um, mental health, social issues. Okay, so hang so, on. So it's 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 a whole mix of issues. Well, that it's a broader context that needs to be context. examined. Absolutely. So you can't say let's call for race-based stats without looking at 
a whole range of other things. Now, well, hang on, hang on. Why, so here's then the, why then? Why then do you release a report half baked with only part of, as you've put it, the radioactive stats? That are geared just to pointing out, and are there are there racist and bigoted people on the police force? I have no doubt. Should they be rooted out? Absolutely. But if you're going to put those stats out, then you have to put the full context, including race-based statistics, because you know. As, Mark Twain used to quote Benjamin Disraeli in saying that there are three kinds of lies in the world, lies, damn lies, and statistics. And so if I wanted to play with statistics, I would say to the audience, go to Google and look up murder rate per capita by country put out by the United Nations. And you will read in that that the murder rate in Canada is 1.68 per 100,000. Then have a look at Caribbean countries in that same list. Anguilla, 27.66. Bahamas, 28.4. Jamaica, 47.01. 20, 30, 40 times higher. And again, without context, that's useless. But similarly, without context, painting the other numbers in the same way that the community may feel stigmatized how come how is it that the police and good police who want to do a good job would not feel stigmatized with a half-baked report well on this report okay elizabeth uh, the point is that the police these were uh, gauging the number of interactions and outcomes and sometimes i guess i'm trying to uh, bring it back to uh, what carlene was saying there are reasons for these types of crime or crime in the black community but if that's a root cause argument, uh, is it valid to go after that to see why the police have to address some of these crimes because of, you know, poverty and socioeconomic uh, conditions and so on. So the police are claiming, look, you're putting us in an untenable position. We have to address things that are beyond our purview. Uh, is that a valid complaint for the police to say this is, again, part of the overall context that needs to be mentioned here rather than just stripping it out in the raw stats that paint them in a very negative light? I agree. And I think that there are two sides to every story. However, what this report does, and I did hear this yesterday and I listened to it uh, on quite a few stations. First of all, I, it made my jaw drop. And I and I have to say that I was shocked by the statistics. The other thing, too, is, though, that every time that we have quoted numbers before, some of it has been statistical and some of it has just been anecdotal. Right. Oh, we think it, it is like this. And we have it. We surmise it's like this. What a report like this does, it is not the be all and end all by any stretch of the imagination, but it starts the conversation. I mean, just listen to us here around the panel on, on what we feel about it. You have to start somewhere. So while the report maybe half-baked, at least it will lead to something else. It might lead to rounding out the report. It might lead to looking at the whole context. But you really have to start somewhere. So while the report may have its flaws, it does provide an important foundation. Well, all right, but by the same token, it could also lead to uh, broadening the chasm between the community and the police and sowing greater distrust. Uh, absolutely. Or it could uh, bring absolutely. them together. I mean, uh, I think that there are members of the community that, and, and I don't know, but I would think that there are members of the community that really do want to work with the police and say, listen, here are the stats. You see them, we see them. We can what do can better. We, do we, do have, better? we have leaders within the community that have been working with the police uh, for many years. 
some uh, um, have been uh, the, the 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 meetings uh, and the contacts with community groups and policing groups have have sometimes di- dissolved into negativity. But by and large, we've had more community groups now working with the police than before. I, I think it, uh, my son, he's a young man, six foot five. He he said something to me that was pretty jarring. He he bought himself a new car, a really nice new car, but he had the windows tinted, really dark. And I said, "Why is it? Why do you did that? Why do you do that?" And he said, uh, "Well, because I don't want to be stopped." He I, I, and that that kind of stopped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when uh, with my son over the years growing up. As a single parent, trying to keep my because we lived in many communities and some in social housing situations where you have to now try to keep your kid uh, safe from encounters with the police, but also shootings <laughs> and young gangsters who are running around killing young people. And that's another whole thing that we haven't even touched on. No, but that's so, also the flip side of a that's coin. A, that's also it. So it, in trying to keep your child safe, uh, it's this is what you do in certain situations if you're stopped this is what you say this is how you behave if you don't think you're treated fairly then you follow up legally afterwards uh and yeah, then but you if, have if to somebody keep... comes into the neighborhood let's say brandishing a weapon who do you call well obviously the police well, and and this over the years we've had some communities saying we don't want policing police in our communities and those communities have suffered a heavy price uh, in some areas in the city where you have very little police presence or communities who say they don't want a police presence or they don't want police patrolling. Those communities uh, suffer inordinately because we all need to be working with the police. That's the fact. We all must work, and the police must also work with communities, all communities, with respect. But, Carlene, even in, even in the statement that you've made in terms of the, there are those communities that have tried to keep the police out and have suffered inordinately, that's on an anecdotal basis. Again, if we don't keep the stats and if we aren't the full context of the stats, then then we're making decisions based on anecdotes. And, and unfortunately, that leads to bad decision-making. That leads to bad resourcing. Well, I'm, when I said that, I meant when, when police are kept out of communities, it means that communities fall prey to criminals and gangsters. For sure. All so. right, let's come back in a moment, continue the discussion in other areas, topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. With our panel, Carlene Nation, Alyssa Freeman, Rocco Rossi, and The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We get called to respond to a person's actions, whether they are being violent, whether there's weapons involved. So if we're responding, we're not dictating to the type of people that we're responding to deal with. Those are dictated by people's actions. So if it's a black person or a white person, that's not up to us. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 